0: I'm going to talk in this podcast about the um, the biggest wart of all on the on the smallholding, as far as I'm concerned. And um, uh, yeah, I know what you're thinking. It's not John. <laughs> it uh, to be fair, it would apply to any life, but um, obviously, one of the biggest warts for me is the lupus because it affects every single thing I do, not just in the sun, but um, everything else as well. I mean, at the minute, it's uh, it's mid-July, it's 22 degrees in the shade out there, so my thermostat is telling me. Um, it's, uh, what time is it? It's just gone 11. Um, there is no way I can uh, be out there now. I've been... Out this morning um when it was cool i should have got up early i didn't i'm quite tired at the minute as well um should have got up early and uh done a maximum amount of work but i didn't and but um so i've packed in everything i can up to now i've even i've managed to plant some cabbages and some cauliflower this morning although and i do have this um a uv shade a square like pop-up gazebo but that's uh, cumbersome to move. Um, if it's not in the right place when you, you want you want to do work underneath it, it's uh, it's difficult to move on my own when the sun's already out. So it, it, that needs preparation, really. I, I need to think, right, tomorrow I want to do that, so I'll move it, get John to help me move it the night before when it's cool. Otherwise, I'm not going to bother. Um, yeah, so this morning, and I wasn't going to do this when I... Well, I, I, I feel a little bit better now, but some... <laughs> I thought, no, dawn, don't talk about that when you it's very emotive because it it's um it's quite debilitating really uh, you know, and I don't think that um people really understand i mean you know you've got the uh, the sayings um if you know you know and and the other one is um you don't get it till you've got it and that's absolutely uh, the truth you you just you don't get it you know I my family try really hard to understand it but they they don't get it entirely um I actually you know when the sun's out I can't really do anything I you know I can't go out to it'd be nice you know and you see all people out enjoying the sun uh we're we're mad for the sun in this country I don't know why because it does some serious harm but you know, you see people out enjoying it and you wish you could be out there. You know, I wish I could be out in the garden playing with my grandchildren, but unless there's shade, I can't do that. Um, I can't go to shows and festivals because nine times out of ten, they look at it and think, that's a nice big open space. Let's have a show there. And there's no shade. And also, I've made an observation that where there is shade, they stick the toilet blocks. So there is hardly any shade at these these places, um another thing uh, we don't have enough trees in this country which is you know one of my one of my musings i suppose there are nowhere near enough trees there is nowhere near enough shade oh i only have to travel you know down the road in the car to be able to tell you that because even travelling in the car uh on a day when it's very warm outside it's hot there's no shade there's no cloud cover is uncomfortable it's very very uncomfortable um i'll try we've tried all different types of shades and stuff like that but it's it's quite unbearable and i get very drowsy in a car um I, I get very drowsy if i get caught out in the sun It's just really is weird i know it's weird but it, that's the way it is yeah so and it's very so and this morning i was out there and i was trying to get these cabbages planted and i was trying to get the cauliflowers planted and, uh, you know, I'm having to move in in between the shade because I've got the cover up and there's a bit of shade there. But I have to go back, you know, back to the tap, which is there's a, there's a piece of sunshine in that tap. And even that at the, you know, at 10 o'clock in the morning, that's hot. I can feel that. It starts to make me feel very grumpy. And um, and then I get really frustrated and then I get um upset with the whole situation it's it's very upsetting you know not many people ever see that Um, John probably has a couple of times he's seen me cry when I'm frustrated or when I'm angry about the situation because I just can't get on and do what I want to do so it's very uh, debilitating on a small holding and I imagine in life whatever job you are doing it's 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 similar because Bosses are not going to understand, you know, you look at somebody and they look perfectly fine. They look perfectly fine. But if you could, you know, get a, you know, some sort of x-ray to see what was going on under that surface, you will see an absolute war going on, you know, an antibody war going on, which is having a massive knock-on effect on uh, everything um, inside. It's... uh, so yeah that is what that is as far as i'm concerned my biggest wart on this small holding despite the limitations and uh the absolute frustrations and the upset sometimes i'm still here i'm still doing it because um you know i love doing it and uh you, you kind of have to find ways to work around it um just that sometimes it gets to you and you know you know you can't so as far as the small holding goes we've tried there are various ways that we've you know tried to make sure I can carry on as normal as possible um like the UV gazebo um and I am you know planting more trees but it's, it's, it's difficult to grow vegetables under sh- complete shade it's just not going to happen so you do have to have the sunshine. Um we have installed um we had new windows installed which have uh glass that reflects the UV rays back out so it doesn't get uh so the UV rays don't penetrate through the glass into the living room or the kitchen or the office um even. We had that put in. Um which on a day like today keeps the house lovely and cool. Really nice and cool, which is lovely. Um yeah, I and I've, you know, I've looked at other people around the world who have similar a similar problem and I I read once about this lady in America who um gardens by by floodlight at night and I seriously considered that one year when it was, you know, it was so frustrating not to be able to get anything done. I I seriously considered um doing that. The only trouble is in this country you get absolutely bitten to pieces at night with the with the gnats and stuff, so, um, but but it, you know it, people do have to work around things. You know, and, and I, I also think you know, uh, and I I said before, and I do mean this on ninety percent, well ninety five percent of the time, I am a glass half full person. I don't dwell on it. I just try and get on with it. Sometimes, on a morning like this, when it's hot out there, when I'm trying to get things done, I'm getting hotter and hotter. I'm getting more frustrated. I'm getting um, cross with the situation and uh, you know <clears throat> because I want to get on I want to do that I want to plant what needs going in now but I'm not sure how long we're going to have all this sunshine for and even in the evening our uh, you know we um, so the building that we live in faces almost south so therefore the gut gar- and the garden is to the right of the building so you get all the evening sun in there which is lovely it you know early spring and late autumn when it's a little bit cold you're still getting the sun but <laughs> in the height of the summer um it's it's hot it's very hot out there even in the evening so I have, really do have to wait until it cools right down uh, it's uh, it, yeah and like I said I you you wouldn't get it unless unless you've got it and then you get it and it's uh there's so many limitations um you know even like today I I really uh, would want to nip to the to local butchers um, to get some meat, but it's too hot. It's too hot to go out in the car for me because, it, you know, it'd be a detrimental effect, so I'm not going to bother. Um, you know, I'd love to, lots of places I'd like to go out, maybe for an afternoon tea somewhere or coffee. It's too hot. It's too hot to go out and even in the car, uh, you know, at this time of day. So you'll generally find us... Um, getting up very early if we're going anywhere and going there because uh, it, it is so hot. Um, so, yeah, there the are massive amount of limitations on everything, and not all year, not all year, only when it's hot. And I know you're saying, in, you know, in this country, where we don't have very many of those days, you'd be surprised. Once it starts affecting what you do, you'd be surprised how many uh, hot days we actually do get here um many more than you think uh so as i said john is probably um the person that gets it most of all obviously living with me 24 7 and he does a lot to to help out or to ease the situation for instance in the summer uh it started last year when we had that uh, absolutely crazy eight weeks of boiling hot weather Uh, even by the time um it's time to feed the animals let them out in the morning it's very hot and i can't spend that amount of time out in it and so he started letting out the animals and that in the morning and feeding them. And then he would come home after work and he would... Well, actually, we were on lockdown then, but since then, he comes home at the end of the day and um, does the animals as well because, uh, you know, we're planting trees wherever possible, but they take a long time to grow. And so they're not giving the shade that I, I need. You know, there are big areas that are exposed. And um, even more, and walking out of those in the afternoon sun is uh no no definitely not not doing that even whether you think well, well you know where well, there is suntan lotion and things like that and yes there are but they don't cut it they really don't cut it uh, you, you know you can put it on and it it will prevent um some of it but it's not gonna doesn't block it all out even um sunblock doesn't block it all out it just might even sitting under you know you, you, you will know even sitting under an umbrella in the shade um the uv rays bounce around and they will just target areas perhaps you missed missed a bit and it will target you know that area gets targeted and you still still end up affected so so yeah and then there then um and that's that's mainly the sun sunshine and and things like that which uh it, it is probably one of the biggest problems the other area that is a big problem is when I do have a flare, um, I am uh, completely debilitated. i literally, uh, so, and a flare can be caused uh, by the sun uh, if you get caught out in it or, you know, something like that. But it also, it can be caused by, uh, maybe generally being low and it can start off, um, it can be caused by, I mean, at the minute, I just literally just received my letter from con, my consultant. Um, obviously this year, nobody's seeing anybody. And last year I got a telephone call and this year I didn't even get that. I just got an email to say, fill in this questionnaire and, and a letter comes back and say, yeah, we we can see that you're, you know, the disease is stable and, um, you know, we, we'll we see you face to face in eight months time. Uh, well, we'll see. Uh, having said that, my GP, are um brilliant. If there was a problem I know that they would see me. And um you know and I have to have something called a DMARD blood test and I have that every six weeks um depending on how well I am. Uh, and that monitors all my levels um that that lo- monitors my, my kidney function, my liver function, um, my white cells, my red cells, my antibodies. Uh, it monitors everything um, because of the drugs I have to take. And sometimes I have to take a lot of drugs. Uh, going back, if I have a flare, I can be on up to 16 drugs a day, which which is insane. You know, it's insane. And I know there's so many things out there that people say, you know, well, if you do this, you know you will you will limit the um, the effects of of your autoimmune immune. But um, it, when you're living with it on a day to day basis, that's hard. That's the leap of faith that you probably are going to struggle to take. You really are. So, um, you know, for instance, um, starvation diet. You know, to starve your gut and write it and now i i'm a believer in that i do believe that if you've got an issue with food um you strip your diet right the way back down right the way back down to very very basic levels and you introduce nothing but um whole foods uh fresh whole fresh foods until such time as you can identify the whatever it is that is causing you a problem. And sometimes that will right itself and you will find that you don't have a problem anymore because the gut has had time to rest and recuperate and uh, recharge itself, reboot itself, really. And that would be nice. That would be fantastic if I thought for one minute that there was a way that you could reboot that system. As I say, you know they, it's a kind of switch that just flicked and switched on. So theoretically I should be able to flick it back off again, but it's taking that leap of faith to find uh, what does that, what, what will make that happen. And, um, um, you know, I've lived with it now for a fair few years and I'm not convinced that, uh, things like that exist for this. It's, uh, it's, it's complicated sometimes and it's, uh, yeah I'm not sure that it's um there there is anything but i don't you know I don't like taking this plethora of drugs either but uh to stay alive and to stay healthy, that's what I have to do. There's an absolute mountain of information out there um a huge mountain, and next to that mountain there's a mountain of misinformation, so it sometimes when you're trying to look for something, research something you've got to plow through an awful lot of things um to in order to find the tiny little piece that you that you want and you trust you know it's uh, there's a huge amount of information and there are things like you know um autoimmune diets um which I looked at you know over quite a long time at one point and And then with autoimmune diets, you've then, you know, there's, I've actually got a a cookbook, which one of my daughters bought me, which is the lupus diet. And there's a crossover of um, information in it. You know, there's conflicting information a lot of these times. So you just, sometimes you just get so overwhelmed with the information that, that, that conflicts. You think, well, I, you know, and I think really that's when you have to rely on instinct um, and I, you know, I like to think that I quite instinctive about what my body wants me to be putting into it, um, food wise. You know, I, I do. You know, you, you get the things where, well, what did you crave during your pregnancy? Um, they're not, they're not silly cravings. They are your body is asking you to to put something in that it's lacking. And we really need to listen to that a lot more. um When I was pregnant with my my eldest daughter, uh, I craved limes, <laughs> and and you're going back over 30 years, and you didn't get limes every single week in the supermarket then, or in the shop, you know that they just weren't available. So I would eat lime, you know, and even now my kids will give me the lime green sweets because I craved lime and I couldn't get lime and. So it would, you know, be lime cordial or lime sweets or whatever, and I, I have no idea why that was. I just know that it was a fact, and, um, and I, I think if you do listen to your body, it will say, it will tell you what it needs. Um, the, the, the downside is that if you give it too much of one thing, it's, it's going to crave that. So, like sugars and, you know, highly processed stuff, it, it is going to crave that. So that, that's a bit of a downside, but, um, yeah, so that's a, that is another way of looking at, it. and I, you know, I look at, and there are, the other conflict is that in some of these, um, diets, you're supposed to omit this and omit that and not take this and not take that, and I think, well, but I like those, they, you know, my, I enjoy, and I don't just enjoy eating them, I, I feel that I need those, so, um, The only thing I don't, um, I don't eat uh, is, um, I definitely, definitely don't eat is alfalfa, um, sprouting because that can have an effect on the, um, uh, inflammation markers, um, which, which is another thing that you have to watch all the time. Um, chronic inflammation. So yeah, so that is one thing I don't eat. And also I I do feel that my, (laughs) this is a strange thing, but um the chicken feed that we have here uh, is pelleted hard feed, but it contains alpha alpha. And since I haven't been in charge of feeding the chickens, because John does it, I'd have to say my, my disease is a lot more stable. And that could be because I'm not going out in the sunshine, etc. And I'm not overworking because that's another that is another thing that will bring you down can bring on flare if you're working too hard stress can bring it on um but i uh, you know i sometimes wonder is it because there's alpha alpha in the feed and obviously when you're getting out this thing there's dust you know and you're inhaling dust and is it, is it a possibility all of these things they're minute things but they they possibly possibly do have an impact on on me as well who knows but i do you know i do think you know because for instance um you shouldn't have things like oh, I, I, like the peppers and the aubergines because they come from the deadly nightshade family. I'm not supposed to give you, but I, I'm not particularly keen on um, peppers or aubergines. But tomatoes, I love. I love tomatoes. So, I, you know, I will eat those. So I think a lot of it is... I don't, like I said, there's a lot of information, but there's a lot of misinformation. And sometimes there's so much information that you're just overwhelmed and can't see the wood for the trees um if i have a flare it, it usually starts off um very subtly um you think oh i've got a bit of a cold or eh, i've i you know my joints hurt and and you kind of nearly always justify it well yeah i was working a bit hard then and you know so that is going to hurt my feet again my feet are going to hurt i've been on them all day um but gradually uh and and you're talking over weeks really gradually things get worse um and (laughs) i don't know what it is you sometimes you just maybe you're in denial no no i just probably just got a bit of a bug uh but then it becomes obvious that you, you know it's it's more than that and um you know your inflammation levels are probably high uh as I said, your joints start to hurt, your muscles start to hurt. Uh, you become very, very tired, very tired. Um, and I can spend, I th- I think, probably the first flare that I ever had, uh, w- uh, w- which I didn't even realise, obviously, at that point what this was, um, I was sleeping large parts of the day. And actually uh, thinking, you know, when I... It was difficult to wake up. It was very difficult to wake up. you were so tired, so tired that when you woke up you your eyelids were heavy and you were just going back to sleep um I, you know at some point, I thought, well, you know am I dying i suppose i just just ebbing away um i it was my my sister came over, my youngest sister came over and and I had all this Massive rash across my face, and she's like, That's no, that's not right. Get and call the doctor now. Um, so I called the doctor, and uh, and I went to see him. And He sent me straight up to see a consultant, and uh, you know, and they diagnosed this. And I'll, the lead up to that, and I, I should have known really because I, three years prior, well, if I go right back, 21, when I was 21. Um up until I was 21 and I was pregnant, I was fine in the sun. I was, um, you know, out in the sun and tan nicely and play in the paddling pool with my brothers and sisters like kids do. Not a problem. Uh, teenage, not a problem. When I got to, when I was pregnant, after I was pregnant, I had um, a problem in the sun. It, the, the very hot sun, I would come out in a uh, little blistery... Spots, really I suppose and I kept um, even way back then I kept trying to look it up although there was no Google then it was like family encyclopedias and there was nothing in there Um, so I had these little and it wasn't heat rash I knew it wasn't heat rash because I'd compare it to other people's. and think no that's not the same and eventually I looked at it and um, when Google was available and uh, I could see that they were probably something called polymorphic light eruptions and so I used all kinds of things that they you know said that were usable then like rose hip oil and stuff like that to try and calm these these eruptions down but um but then I just eventually I just avoided the midday sun the rest of the sun was fine I just avoided the midday sun so it wouldn't go out in that and uh then uh, and then about or oh, quite a long time so that went on for years really and when I was on holiday I would you know not not go out in this in the midday sun but the sort of morning sun and afternoon sun that was fine and then um oh, I suppose about three years prior to the full systemic breakdown I, I had uh my hair started falling out on the top of my head and um John said to me uh you've got a bald patch on your head and I'm like don't be so silly why do, oh why would you say that <laughs> you know I've got a bald patch on my head and um and I went, looked in the mirror, and lo and behold, yes, I've got a bowl patch. And I went to the doctors, and he said, oh, it's probably uh, psoriasis. I'll give you this cream, you know, put it on. Nope, didn't clear it up. So he eventually said, well, I'll send you to dermatology. So he sent me to dermatology. And um, they said, uh, I, by this time, I had uh, what, a couple of, like, um, raised patches on my face, and they said uh we'll do a biopsy and i'm thinking oh my god on my face you're gonna do biopsy. anyway they did a biopsy from my face and my head and they said uh you've got discoid lupus never heard of it never heard of it um had no idea what it was and uh I thought okay that's fine i'll go home and have a look at that um came home googled it as you do and I thought well, okay yeah that makes sense that's, that's sort of a lead-on thing um and then I also read, obviously in there, that uh, 25% of people who have discoid lupus will go on to have uh, systemic lupus. So I thought, well, that's all right, so I've got a 75% chance of, of not getting it, So, so we're good there. And then this flare happened, and uh, as I said, it was sort of, it was fairly gradual, um, culminated in, uh, uh, you know, uh, massive rashes everywhere, uh, my my joints hurt, everything hurt, uh, my sister saw me and she said, oh, just, you know, get up there. So they sent me straight up there, and they said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid it's it's gone systemic." And I, I, thought, well, I wasn't, I still wasn't, you know, too worried. I, you know, they said, "Right, we'll put you on these drugs, and we'll give you steroids, and you know, try and get the system back on track." So uh, I went on. Actually, the first lot of drugs I went on, which were, <laughs> if you remember, uh, during the pandemic, um, it, the drugs that you first put me on on were hydroxychloroquine, um, which is the drug that uh, the president of the United States said everybody should be taking. Uh, But that has quite dramatic side effects for some people. So not everybody should be taking it. It can damage your eyesight. And I actually had a um, massive allergic reaction to that drug anyway. So I had to come off of that one. So that took me back downhill. And then uh they put me on a different drug which was which stabilised it for probably well, a good a good two, three, four years actually. It stabilized it ish. I mean I still would have flares in between that. Um I think now I'm on the, the the fourth type of drug. Um this one I've been on for nearly two years now, which this does seem to be quite stable. It's not, you know, they will say it's not the one we normally give, uh, give out, prescribe. To um, lupus patients, but this one seems to be um, quite good for me. It's a, something called mycophenolate, um, and it it seems to keep me fairly stable, which is good. So yeah, it, but the flares, you know, they are they're massive, and and the damage you can see on the outside um, is the tip of the iceberg because inside, you you know your your inflammation markers are high, and once your inflammation markers are high that starts affecting all your organs um you you know your organs are being affected your blood's being affected uh, your tissues are being affected everything and I think one of the worst flares I had was um I my on the right side of my body my even my toes and my fingers went numb I couldn't I couldn't feel them so that was quite bad and that's when I kind of have to go on a great deal of drugs in order to to pull it back um and you know sometimes you you have no idea why these flares start sometimes sometimes it's obvious um but sometimes they just creep up and bang they've hit you and uh stress can be a massive massive factor so um and i I i suppose i was quite highly stressed a lot of the time when we first came here um, I, I, I've i always worried a lot about a lot of things and so um, over the last um, few years now I've tried to use coping methods um, like meditation and relaxation and stuff like that in order to uh, not to stress and I I can honestly say that I've got to the stage where I don't let things stress me out um, very much at all now occasionally some things will obviously but uh, I don't let things stress me out. I can't afford to let things, um, upset me and stress me out. So I, you know, I, I use coping mechanisms for that to try and alleviate that. Plus, you know, um, a, a mountain of decent food. <laughs> I'm aware that some, some of the podcasts I've said, we, you know, we eat like this, um, amazing food, uh, you know, we eat like top-notch restaurants. I don't mean I cook (laughs) like a top-notch chef, I don't. What I mean is we have top-notch ingredients, really, in our very basic, (laughs) my basic cooking um, methods. And, I, you know, and I suppose it just, a lot of it, uh, back to the growing your own thing, I I sometimes wonder how much worse it, it would have been Um, although at times it was bad how much worse it would have been had I been um, eating totally differently to the way I do now it's a it's a good question because I do think you know there are a lot of people a lot of um, sufferers who not able to control uh, their symptoms and their disease Um, and you've got to you've got to really look at your diet I'm one thing I do know for sure is that your gut is definitely connected to uh, your autoimmune or my autoimmune disease. I mean, I'm not going to label it for everybody, but my, my gut and my autoimmune disease are definitely connected. And now I've never quite worked out which way round they affect each other, whether it is when my, my gut bacteria get out of control, that affects my immune system or whether my immune system affects my gut bacteria but I know they're connected and I know that one of the biggest things I have to do if I'm feeling off kilter is to get my gut bacteria back on track um, as fast and as quickly as possible so that uh, to for damage limitation. You might be wondering um, why I've done a podcast on that and that's because I do as well I kind of think well why, why would I want to do a podcast on that but um it is I think I suppose it's because it is such an integral part of who I am and what I do that I cannot avoid um I can't avoid it it doesn't go away and it affects such a lot of um the jobs that need to be done the way we live our life why I live my life the way I do uh you know so for that reason alone um I I thought it'd be a good idea to do that you know do a talk on that and um you know I if you have something like that talk about it talk because people don't know they don't you know we're very good at I'm fine I'm fine <laughs> when we're really not fine you know um you know I m- my daughters now will like, I will say I fine I'm fine and they'll say but are you are you really you know and I will say well no actually I'm not I'm not that fine um but they've they've got to know so if you do have somebody that suffers like that in the family, and they say, I'm fine, don't take it as, you know, don't take it at face value, because, uh, we all put a brave face on things, I think, a lot of the time, if you know anybody with lupus, if you're listening to this and you have lupus, um, you know, get in touch, I, I don't know anybody else with it, um, John has a customer with it, she's quite an elderly lady, she's had it for years and years, uh, but I personally don't know anybody else with it, um. If you want to know any more about it, you know, or if you want to ask me any questions, then do please do. I'm quite happy to to talk about uh, to talk about it. Um, our youngest daughter has uh, a different autoimmune, which is uh, she she's a celiac. Um, she has celiac disease and uh, or disorder. I think they call it. I don't call it disease anymore. But when she and she was diagnosed with that. Well, she was about fourteen months old. She, um, she was my third child, so I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't a mum that didn't really know what I was doing. I had had two children before. She was what they eventually classed as failed to thrive, um, and I knew something was wrong. I knew, I knew there was something wrong. I knew it was something she was eating. I thought it was dairy because that's all I'd ever heard of back at, you know, back then. Um, you know, I, I knew of a, a lad in the village who had switched to goat's milk because he couldn't tolerate dairy, cow's milk, but I had, um, no idea about gluten, you know, no idea at all. I'd never heard of it, but, um, yeah, she, I mean, she was diagnosed at 14 months old and, you know, there are these things about and you can do something about them. And I, I said to the doctor back then, uh, if there are other, if you've come across other, uh, children that are diagnosed, please, you know, I'm, please put them in touch with me. And I'm happy to talk about what I've learned and things like that. But because, because of, you know, data protection, even back then they couldn't do that. And there were no, um, sort of groups then, uh, that's that's uh, something that's really come on now in the last in the past well 10 20 years there weren't any really any groups um until one day uh a neighbor a new neighbor moved in in one of our old houses and uh a, her friend had it and her friend was part of this cooking group and uh and we went along with them to this cookery demonstration, which was fantastic. It was a revelation to see a room full of people who, who also, um, you know, were celiacs. And it was, uh, it was great for her. She was still only a child then. It was great for her. And it was great for me to be able to see other people um, and talk to other people and, and find, you know, find out other people's experiences. And, yeah, so I'm, you know, if anybody, if anybody suffers with this, um, I am happy for you to get in touch and happy to talk and you know if anybody else wants to know any more i am happy to answer questions on it um so thanks for listening to this episode it's uh, slightly different but i feel it was important uh, for me to get it out there i think is what i'm saying it's important for me to get it out there and say look this this is the life i lead this is what uh, you know these are the things i have to work around um And this is what I do. So, yeah, thank you very much for listening and uh, catch you next time.